0: We are good to go.
1: Boom, CutlerCast, episode number 35. We're back, and we want to give a special shout-out to our Celsius. Uh, you guys looking for a clean energy drink. This has been our go-to. They actually have this cola flavor, which is like, I never had a cola-flavored energy drink before.
0: Yeah, that was the first time I had it. It wasn't that long ago, and I remember drinking it, and I was like, this would be a problem because I drink like twelve a day. Then
1: you know it's so funny though, um, and we want to thank Celsius because obviously they've been supportive for us uh, not only for this podcast, but you know we've actually spent some time at the uh, Arnold Classic at their booth, and and uh, you know they're doing a lot with the uh, fitness scene right now. Yeah. But everyone that walks in our office drinks Celsius.
0: I know it's too much. <laughs> it's 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 coming it's coming to the point now where. People walk in and they're like burning through it like crazy. So I'm gonna be hitting them up like, uh, even our, we went ma- a even, our
1: even our mailman's like, yeah, like got a Celsius in there. So you know it's awesome. So you uh, can't see
0: it from here, but there's a huge cooler uh, who like frig Celsius yeah. refrigerator yeah. on the other side. You know,
1: and obviously they have the heat, uh, which is I think a little stronger, right? Then yeah,
0: it's got like 300 milligrams. Yeah, of so that's
1: obviously I'm not a huge, huge uh caffeine.
0: We just sounded like user. we just did
1: a commercial. Well, Should we charge for that? Yeah. <laughs> now, shout out to uh, obviously keeping us going here. But uh, so, episode 35, uh, we have a lot to talk about um, as we close in on another month of uh, com- competition.
0: Yeah. So, we had just had a show in Orlando,
1: and Hassan mm-hmm. won back to back shows. Yeah. So, he won Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and he repeated a victory in Orlando which was what was it actually they used to call it the Uro- the used to call the Europa but, yeah
0: i don't, it was just like in Orlando
1: okay so uh this time you know the big question mark was the potential's always been there for Hassan mm-hmm. could he nail the condition mm-hmm. and i think it looking at the pitchers in Puerto Rico he was a little flatter mm-hmm. And now I think he was a lot fuller in uh, Orlando and rounder because we did discuss that, you know, he d- he didn't have that wow factor. Mm-hmm. And I think now, you know, he's kind of found a combination. And, and the rumor has it he's going to U.K. Arnold. I Is mean, that- that's
0: – I'm not 100% sure. I mean – and no, actually, that, no. I think he is. I and think that, on lineup, the list.
1: that lineup is going to be crazy. Like, yeah. is Nathan doing that show? No, he's okay. just
0: he's just going to do the Olympia. But uh, what's his name is going to do it?
1: Uh, Brad. Okay. Um,
0: Hollingshead. James. Okay. I'm James. Sorry, not James. Brad. James. Yeah. James Hollingshead's going to do that one. So that's going to be a that's a tough one because James is.
1: He's a beast. He's a he's a beast. Beast. Yeah, and you know? he's hungry, and yep. I'm sure there'll be a lot of other. People I know Martin Fitzwater is doing it too. Who's you know he's a youngster coming up and yeah. But uh, yeah, Nathan's not doing it, and neither
0: is uh, none of the other uh, UK. And guys. we'll be
1: in the house, so shout out yeah. to the Arnold UK. Yep. I'm coming out there for the Sunday event. Yep, I'm sure we'll go to the show Saturday night. Yeah, and look, go to the Sunday looking event. forward to that. So we're gonna go out and support that. But um, yeah, man, he made a lot of improvements. You know, a big shout out to Hassan because you know he's working with AJ Sims and. Mm-hmm. They seem to find the right combination. It, it'd be surprising if he actually goes and does September um, UK and then goes also to the Olympian December. Yeah, I mean, peaking that many times—it's a lot. He but did maybe, a lot of shows last year. Yeah, and if you notice, he didn't get necessarily better, right? No, but he still maybe, maybe they still maybe
0: they still want to just learn his yeah. body more
1: before he goes in. I was the always gear. scared to do that, man. I, I always like you know, I would peak around the two through three weeks around one like competition, like schedule, but man, like it was harder for me to dial in. What's like, the most amount of shows you did in a year? I think, Oh three. I think I did. Uh, so I did, uh, Ironman, Arnold, San Francisco, and then I did Olympia and I went on tour and I did two Grand Prix, three, two Grand Prix after. So six. six or seven. Yeah. And what, how did you fare that year? I won uh, all the shows at the beginning of the season. I won three in a row, got second at the Olympia, and then I got second in the Grand Prix. Tarani. Yeah, I went. To, that's the year I did against Fedorov in, in oh, Russia. Yeah, in Russia. Yeah. And we went never went thought else. he was going to beat you guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he was he was pretty legit. You know. Yeah. It's so funny. I just I was down in Florida last week. I took a like a short trip for Angie's birthday. And uh, I ran into a guy he stopped me in the in the hotel and he's like, "I'm friends with Alex mm-hmm. and he called you know I called him Alex and he uh he was a Russian guy and I said, "How's he doing you know and he said, "Oh, I was out there we saw you in Orlando when Alex competed he came back if you remember years ago at the yeah, Europa yeah. he came back and competed and he said, "Oh I saw you there, but it's kind of cool to you know, and obviously we have history and you know, they built that up as like the Rocky Four thing, like yeah. the Russians coming, you know. He was
0: big. Yeah. Like big, big. He was he was like in certain poses. He was just as big as you. I was think Ronnie. he's
1: successful training. Yeah, he had crazy legs and I mean yeah. he had the pec tear. I think that's what kind of held yeah. him back a little bit with the back training and the chest training. But you know, we loom in uh this time of year and you know, and I, I was saying to you earlier, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the Olympia. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think you asked me, you know, how do you feel like as you get to this time of year? And the funny thing is, is I wake up even now and I'm like, shoot, I got to start my prep. Still, because this would be today is July. Uh, what are we at the seventh? Sixth. Sixth. July sixth. So this right. would be the first real week of my preparation, mm-hmm. because normally uh, I would guest pose for Steve Weinberger, early June, and then I would do Lonnie Teeper's event, uh, which would be the West Coast Classic, which was a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. And then I would start preparation because I wouldn't travel after that. And I still get that mindset of, okay, I need to focus. and for, to, like, like, like after 4th of July. Yes. So it, it's every time of year because that's normally the Olympia would be in September, October. Mm-hmm. Now this year is a little different because it is in... December towards the end Mm -hmm. and it's crazy that this will be nine years that I have not competed and I I really look at it as like I kind of stepped away in 2011 and I would zone in to start prep Mm -hmm. it's crazy because my mindset was just
0: so do you do you level. do you wake up some like like
1: now and like panic like oh shit I'm not I, I gotta be prepping. yeah yeah I actually had a dream last night that I was in preparation and I felt like we were back in Venice and you remember because you were there when we were filming J to the Z uh, J to Z and we had this crazy idea and it was actually Dave Borlay's idea um, who as a lot of you guys know run their YouTube channel. And he's like, hey, we're going to – why don't you train at Muscle Beach? Because mm-hmm. everyone thinks when you go to L.A. and you go to Venice Beach, like Arnold trained at this Muscle Beach, which we don't really yeah. know if he did, right? He, we know they did acrobatics on the beach, and I don't know if they necessarily had this this pit. I mean, they went to yeah. the Gold's Gym, which was in a closer location to the beach, but uh, which is now someone's home, by the way, but they can't – Legally, they I guess they can't change the signage out front, so it has to stay. Your front of your house still says Gold's Gym. It's really? a landmark. It's a historic rant landmark. Oh, yeah. So he had this idea we should go train at Muscle Beach, so he cleared it with um, Joe Wheatley over there, and we filmed the video with Mitsuru Okabe. You showed up. Couple other people and we were training back over there and got I remember we were the first afraid time.
0: you're afraid the you're doing lat pull downs. I was going to break. It was going to snap because yeah, I was rusty. pulling.
1: I was pulling that whole stack. If <laughs> yeah, you remember, yeah, that was massive. I mean, I remember taking my shirt off and I did the vacuum. Remember, yeah. and with the front double and I was full. You need to repost that picture. Yeah, <laughs> three hundred pounds uh, of yeah, the vacuum. Three hundred pounds and I was guest posing that evening and it's like we trained and we rushed to go to the West coast classic to guest bows. And that's part of video J to Z. You guys can see that. Usually it's on YouTube or whatever else, but, uh, and I, I have this, I had this dream that I was back there and I was back into the aura of those times at gold's gym Venice, man. Cause it was just, you can't re recreate those times. No. So there's a lot of, You know, when I was, you know, I was pushing the, I remember doing 100 and I was doing 170 pound dumbbell presses during that DVD. And I was, you know, spending some time out there. And I remember I'd walk in that gym and the respect that I would get crazy because that was my first year being Mr. Olympia actually holding the title. And I was filming that as I started preparation. But the preps for me were, you know, very, very dedicated. And as you know, I was training like multiple times a day then it was just a very so let's, systematic approach. Let's,
0: let's start. Okay. If, if, if tomorrow was day one of your prep for the Olympia, how would the, how would the day start?
1: The day would usually start with some sort of cardiovascular. So whether I was tw- 20 weeks or 16 weeks, I always started like a full on, okay, these are the meals I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat the six or seven meals. And I, at the time, like during those days, I was training under Chris Aceto. So He usually structured a program where it was six meals a day. Um, I didn't really get into eating more times a day until I started working more with honey. I went to seven meals, but Chris always had like a two and a half hour to three hour window between each meal. So he would structure, you know, the the breakfast and then I would usually, um, so I would do the cardio, which he didn't necessarily like me to do. He usually liked my metabolism to really start going, but I had this thing about doing the cardio where it, it kind of jump-started me and got my mind in that, that, that box of like, okay, I'm going to start training for this thing. And I would eat breakfast, and I would go to the gym and usually train at least one session, uh, come home, eat, take a nap, um, eat it, get up, eat another meal, and then I would go back to the gym and train again for another session. So I was trying to do like a split where I did two body parts a day, usually a larger one in the morning and a small one at night, unless it was leg training where I would do hamstrings in the morning, quads at night. Uh, but I would always try to put five hours based on what Joe Weider told me. So if I did a double split workout, there was five hours in between. Mm-hmm. And I was just under that assumption, your body needed that for your nervous system to recover. Right. Okay. And, and then I would go home and eat, you know, two, or three more meals and then I would go to bed and that would be the structure of the day. And I would try to keep a lot of stuff to a minimum. Like, you know, I, like I said, I stopped the traveling and I would start shutting off any outside noise. Mm-hmm. So I didn't leave the house to do anything social. So um, let's start.
0: What, what, what would be a typical breakfast on day one? Like if, if you're uh, you twenty
1: twenty 20 egg whites, two whole eggs, um, two slices of Ezekiel bread, some oatmeal, probably like a big bowl oatmeal. I would have like a cup of oats, uh, maybe some honey on it. I'd have a cup of coffee at the time, and uh, that would be it, pretty much. And that would take you for. I say to that's it. it. Like, f- no, the breakfast. Would <laughs> that's go how down much quick. you eat like in a day now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually, you know, it's it's funny because I just started. I had this whole thing on YouTube where I did a hundred grams of protein for breakfast because that's what I was eating when yeah. I actually calculated when Dave came and shot me once and. I've actually cut out now having the, drinking the liquid egg whites. I just cook two whole eggs now. And then I have that with Ezekiel. And then I have, you know, uh, actually I have, you know, grits now instead of uh, oatmeal. oatmeal. For some reason, I don't know. I mean. I I've always liked grits better. Grits just is more digestible to me. Yeah. And it, I think, you know, I remember working with Hani and he's like, you know, it's, it's some gluten issue with the, oatmeal maybe which caused me to have an upset stomach and you know it feels like cement sometimes when the oatmeal sits in your stomach yeah. and i know some of the guys use the the packet of oatmeal which has the sugar in it but i was always against that uh but that would be the typical breakfast and then i would just basically eat chicken and rice or you know have one meal of steak maybe early on and then he would trans transition me to fish for my protein and i would stay with like white rice i'd have pasta once in a while even on prep um but it would mostly be lean lean protein so egg whites in the morning a couple whole eggs and then chicken turkey breast or fish and you never really ate a whole lot of like red meat i didn't um later but early in my career i pretty much only ate red meat and I, i'll tell you the reason for that um you know i switched to organic like in the middle, like when I won the Olympia, I actually did a blood type diet, which a lot of people don't know is, you know, for 2006 Olympia, I actually switched to a blood type diet where I was no positive. So I ate more red meats and I cut more eggs out of my program and I started eating the Ezekiel bread more. Yeah. And for me, uh, it just worked well for me. It actually, you know, I, won the Olympia that year and I was able to diet on a lot of calories and get lean at the same time. So, uh, you know, what people don't understand is like you, you go through a lot of trial and error and sometimes you can't go back to the same thing, even if you gain a pound or, Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I was putting on pounds every single year. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I, I was a creature habit, but early on, I had such fresh meats. Mm-hmm. I lived in Massachusetts. I had a butcher, and I'd actually go and, like I said, I'd buy the cow. The cow would be hanging, and I would have, you know, certain parts ground and steaks or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And I also had this place called Adam's Ribs, which was a, like, a, like a butcher shop, and I would go and buy pounds and pounds and pounds of beef or whatever once I stopped buying from the actual butcher. And he would totally hook me up. He gave me great pricing and, you know, and then I was on a super budget and that's what I would mostly eat is just ground hamburgers, super lean. I mean, it was literally no fat at all, Mm -hmm. but it was cleaner and I wasn't able to, you know, I started eating at Whole Foods and to this day now, like I eat more red meat than probably I had in the past, you know, in the form of bison. Yeah. And I remember going to Whole Foods and buying a lot of bison when I started the blood type diet. And since I started using trifecta, I've been able to use, utilize bison, which I stopped eating pretty much when I stopped competing because of the, you know, you can't really get quality meats from the grocery store, right? It's hard. Very hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've always noticed that with, uh. With, um... Going out to eat and whatever else, or...
0: Yeah, no, just, like, red meat never affected me. Like, you know, some people eat it, and they can only eat it here and there. I could eat it, I would eat bison all day, and it just doesn't affect my...
1: my. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie, I went to Barry's last night, Barry's, um, shout out to Barry's and Circa. How was that? It was good, you know, I I actually split a bison filet with Angie, so it was an 8-ounce filet, so we each had, you know, 4 ounces, and, uh, you know, because I don't eat a ton of protein now. I, I ate more carbs. So I had, like, French fries, and uh, I had a baked potato. And uh, it was amazing. It was great. Yeah. But it's you don't go to many places where you can actually order bison no. filet. I, I was in
0: Montana visiting Dana and Rob mm-hmm. a couple months ago, and they took me to this restaurant, and I got a bison, I want to say a bison ribeye. It was unbelievable.
1: What would you say the difference, though, of a filet... A regular fillet versus a bison fillet because I don't know if I could really I know it's people say it's a little more gamey maybe I, I don't I didn't notice it it's supposedly leaner bison is supposed it's, to be it's leaner healthier than, yes
0: because it it has less the cholesterol yeah, yeah. bison's the bison or buffalo is has the lowest amount of cholesterol of any protein you can consume like meat protein so if you're eating a bunch of chicken or a bunch of regular beef you're it has a ton of cholesterol but it has way less so you can eat it a lot more. But I don't know. Whenever I would whenever I would eat red meat, it just didn't sit in my stomach like some people. I could just go through it on a regular basis and I could eat it five times yeah, a day. Yeah, I was never
1: scared of the red meat. And Chris wasn't like, oh, you have to cut out the red meat. Um, you know, and he obviously there's natural creatine in there. And I mean people yeah. always say the red meat is more beneficial to put on size. If I yeah. was there's more nutrition, if I could value. tell anyone, the viewers, the listeners, like you're a hard gainer and you're naturally pretty lean. Um, I would suggest adding red meat in your program, yeah. But just make sure you're getting good quality. You know, that's the thing is, don't just go to any supermarket because, to be honest, like it's really hard to get quality, quality meat from the supermarket. Depending on what it is, I remember
0: for years Brian Shaw used to go buy ribeyes, okay, and he bought a meat grinder and he would grind them all up Mm. and he would turn them into ribeye patties, yeah. Because if you if you eat ground beef, it's easier for your body to digest okay. than it is for larger chunks of steak. So he would he would go buy whatever it would be, 50 ribeyes, and he'd grind them all up in this massive meat grinder, and he'd have like 100, uh you know, 8-ounce patties yeah. or whatever, and he would just eat every couple hours, he'd eat two or three of yeah, them.
1: Yeah, that's why I think I ate a lot of hamburg in the beginning, and I would add, honestly, some little red sauce to it or, you know, put a little sea salt and pepper on it, and that's how I would kind of eat my meals, but... You know, for me to go out to a restaurant and order steak, it's very rare that I do that. So that's why varies. it varies. It was it was good that I actually got to go out and eat red meat. But so early on, I ate a lot of red meat, and then eventually it became like that low fat, um, you know, the fish diet. So if you let's fa- let's
0: go back to that. If you could, back when you were competing, get a lean bison, would you have ate more of that I versus so. what you did now? I think so.
1: Did you, was it But I don't, I don't know, you know, to be honest, I don't know if Chris would a- allow that. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he would have been suggestive of that. And and listen, when I worked with Chris, that was what was cool about it is like, he was like, hey, do you, you know, this is what I think. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And if I said no or yes, he didn't be like, okay, he, he's, dude, it's, you're, you're doing what you're going to do. Like, of course, I can't tell you what to eat or how to work out or whatever. He said, I can be suggestive, but that was what was really cool about working with Chris and. You know, even even when I worked with Hani, like you know, he was he was a little more um, of a dictator to what he thought. Like he d- didn't he didn't see the same vision. If there was a difference between Chris and Hani, you know, Hani believed in the f- kind of foods you ate made a huge difference. Where I believe Chris did not. He was like, okay, just get like the macro nutrient side of it. Mm-hmm. So if he's like, okay, I want you to reach X amount of protein and X amount of uh, carbohydrates with as less fat as possible where, you know, I actually added some fats in when I worked with honey using almond butter or avocado. And, you know, he believed in red meat in order to, you know, kind of stunt metabolism a little bit. And, uh, you know, the foods we still are huge. He was a big on the fish. He believed in the fish to thin the skin. So I worked with two, I feel the best nutritionists and they both had the theory that fish when you got lean. And I think Phil can Phil, attest yeah. to that. He always did. If yeah, you eat tilapia or orange roughy. So I had this thing called the honey special, which was like this mixture. It was disgusting of, <laughs> of fish, you, you know, tilapia fish. And I would put some mustard in there and some uh-huh. rice and that would be like the I honey special. Yeah. And I, he, we always joke about that because I hated it, man. And I said, <laughs> you know, I said I would never eat fish again. And it's, it's kind of, uh, kind of like a, you know, twist that now when I go to a restaurant with you often and you say yeah. eat like a lot you of fish, right. Yeah. Because it, as long as – I always ask the, the waiter or waitress, and I said, doesn't taste fishy, does it? And they're always like, of course, no one's going to say, oh, yeah, it tastes fishy. Our fish sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they get fired. It's, it, but it's, if I smell fish, yeah. it's terrible. And, you know, I used to cook the stuff on the foreman grill outside. I, had, oh. I still have those huge foreman sitting in my garage. So I had, like, the biggest ones. I had yeah. every foreman – George Foreman grill, and probably no one even know. Does it even sell anymore? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, now you have air fryers. They had the and huge ones. Stuff. They were like an actual oh, outside oh, 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 grill. Oh yes, yeah. I had like a <laughs> massive. One. It was long, yeah. and I would put the fish on it, and literally, I used that so much in a prep that the uh, the Tef is a Teflon? <laughs> yeah. would be peeling off. Oh, you know God. what I mean? Why do you why do you still have those? I don't know. I just put them in the side of the garage, and here we are nine years. you Think years they still later, work? I'm sure they are. They do. all sun damaged and I'm stuff. I'm sure they do. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's that sounds like a good YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> Jay's gonna go cook fish for old times. Sake I mean, wait, I mean, someone, someone
1: probably would buy those things. I mean, they were set a lot of records on those things. But yeah, so to go back a little bit, so this year, this time of year is very, uh, it's like very reminiscent mm-hmm. on prepping for the Olympian. When I prepped, it wasn't just like, oh, we're gonna eat, sleep, and train you. Like you're asking me questions about the training. And you know the program, right? Like how I ate. But man, the mindset. You know, we talk about the mindset and like what what separates like a champion from just a good bodybuilder. I think in general, in anything, what sets it apart. Yeah, business The mindset, everything. Like because you need to be able to block all the. You know, we, we go back hater blockers. I say yeah, block all the haters. <laughs> that reminded you of that. Uh, You need to block out all the noise, block out all the negative and focus on the positive because you know, is a very, very dark place you need to go to, especially those last few weeks to prep for a contest where you're like, okay, I need to zone in and really, really put this thing together. Mm -hmm. And I had to really separate myself from society, from sometimes friendships relationships, and I would put myself in this dark, dark place and I would eat, sleep and train and and there would be no other thing. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's what it really takes to be super successful. And I, I always kind of preach this, especially when I do these events and people say, you know, I have this or I have that, but you know, I just can't, I can't get to that point. And I tell people, like, you have to separate in order to be super successful. And and it's kind of, you know, propelled me to different business levels, too, because, you know, even when we travel to these, do these meet and greets and events, and, you know, I kind of, like, have to prep myself for those Mm -hmm. few hours that I have to give everyone the full attention, right? Yeah. Because it means so much. It can change people's lives. And I have the ability to turn a switch on and off that – maybe no one really had to go to that level to do and you know every day I went to the gym and as much as I love training I didn't enjoy it I didn't enjoy it at all a lot of times I sat in my car outside and said okay shit here we have to go right and I had to find the energy I had to find the ability the um, you know sometimes the motivation myself and the loud music driving to the gym or the videos that I watched of my competition, the magazines that I read um, you know, a lot of the visions of me getting second or not even being called out in the early days um, on the Olympia stage was all motivation for me. But I always knew there was someone that was training as hard or if not harder or was coming up hungry, there would always be a possible new face that wanted to take my position. And the crazy part is, is, like, I was able to maintain top two in the world for 12. We counted, like, 12 years or something like that.
0: From 2001 till, well, 2011. Mm -hmm. And you know
1: how hard that is to block the hype? Because back then it was, like, radio shows and magazines and whatever else that would... They tried to create tension that this could be the year that someone else beat someone of position, right? Mm -hmm. And granted, I only give a shit about winning the damn contest, um, especially being top two in the world for so long. And I never worried necessarily about the guys, but, you know, we talk about, like, the Gunter Schulia camps and, you know, the Dennis Wolfs and the um, Gustavo Bedells, the Dexter Jacksons. You know, even Dennis James, you know, I was just on his podcast and talked about this, Chris Cormier, I was battling him, Flex Wheeler, Kevin Levron, Sean Ray, mm-hmm. um, who were are my early idols, and then, of course, chasing the ultimate, Ronnie Coleman. You know, what motivation it was to watch him train in a dungeon in, in the heat of Texas, and they would do those Flex photo shoots. You remember the crazy pictures yeah. of Ronnie? He'd have, the, yeah. he'd have the tights, and he'd, he'd have veins through the tights. Yeah. How wild was that? It was just on
0: another level. And Even people nowadays don't, unless you saw it back then, you just can't understand it. What was your
1: take did. on Ronnie Coleman back then?
0: Uh, I mean, I was, I want to say a senior. Who were you
1: a fan of? Like, did you, did you, did you actually look at someone and say, fuck, this guy's like the ultimate physique? Yeah, I
0: thought, I remembered seeing Ronnie when I was, when he won, it was a year after I graduated. And I remember, because back then I was in a, you know, a small town in the middle Where? of northern Wisconsin. Okay, and when he won, I ended up seeing in the magazine. You couldn't call the the, the local gym around me; didn't know, so I didn't know until like a month later because they didn't have websites and whatnot. But
1: but you followed it, yeah, yeah,
0: I did. You couldn't. Uh, when I saw Ronnie won that first time, just seeing the pictures of him next to Flex, you could see why he won. But I never thought he would have progressed to what he did. From ninth to first. Just, just got bigger and bigger and harder and bigger and bigger. And you just never thought that when I first saw that first magazine, you would have never thought he would have won eight
1: times. Do you think anyone's ever looked that good just in the my, 98 in Olympia?
0: My, see, I, I still think his, like, 0-1 Arnold was his best look, but I just don't think you're going to see that again. You know, someone that's... At that point in '98, I I think that was as flawless as he could be. You know, I mean, I thought He's he was two forty seven. He wasn't, but he looked way bigger. He had the small little waist. He had all the perfect lines. He had everything, and he was in crazy condition. Like, I, I, I don't I don't know if we're ever gonna see someone like him ever again. And I think nowadays the guys nowadays they they see him and they think I need to be big like that, but they don't let the process take place. They go. I want to go from this to yeah, as big as Ronnie was in a year took a long time. Yeah. yeah, that took that that's a I mean he was, you know, a college football player. He was still
1: he was a beast, big yeah. then. I mean, he he turned Pushed pro naturally. naturally. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So like he took the time to build that physique. So once he was there, it had a solid foundation and a lot of the guys now don't have that foundation that a lot of you guys did have then. They everyone wants instant gratification now. So they'll see someone on social media looking a certain way, like, well, I need to look like that. You know, I was having this conversation with Regan the other day where I've told him years ago, just add three to five pounds on a year because he turned pro and he was what, 22, 23? Slowly put the weight on and your time will come, but you'll hear people criticize that and they'll say, well, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not big enough. Well, what happens if he puts 30 pounds on? Oh, now you put all this weight on. Now your gut blew out. You screwed yeah, yeah. up. So no matter what you do, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't.
1: I know and it's I, hard to listen to the critics sometimes. Of course.
0: So, so I would. I've, I've told him and I've told everyone else. Just you listen to your coach and the people around you, and that's it. Just you got to ignore all this other all this other white noise.
1: I hate that word, coach. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. It was different in my era. But I'll tell you a funny story. So Chris Aceto was. Yeah, uh, at the time he was married to uh, Laura. She was placing in the Olympia second. So I remember he sent me a text message back in, nine. I believe it was 98. They separated the Miss Olympia. It was like, like a few weeks prior to the actual Miss Olympia. And wherever he was, Ronnie was with Vicky Gates at the time. Yeah, And he, he texted me. He's like, dude, Ronnie Coleman is literally drenched doing cardio at like 10 o'clock at night in this hotel, like a uh, gym, like serious as all could be. And then of course he ends up winning because we went back to like, I competed for my first pro show in 98 at the night of champions mm-hmm. and Ronnie won and Kevin was second. And everyone was kind of shocked because that's when they, Ronnie started to really have the come up. Yeah. And for him to beat Leveron, who had been like top five in the Olympia forever, mm-hmm. people were shocked at that in a sense, but they knew Ronnie was coming into it. So that was in May. And then here we are in September in New York. He won his first Olympia and beat everybody. But I remember Chris hitting me up and be like, dude, he's drenched in this hotel, like doing a cardio, like with the incline like this mm-hmm. and like just moving. And he said, you know, he did an hour. Ronnie said he did an hour in the morning, hour at night mm-hmm. and look at the condition that he brought. Of course. Cause he was super dedicated. That was one thing about him. The same thing. He had a switch that it was like, there was no world. And I saw that firsthand when I would travel with him later on and, and you get to, you know, get to train around him or with him at these appearances and he wouldn't care what time it was he trained. And it, this was obviously I would say off season, but yeah. you know, the, the mindset is everything when you come yeah. to that level. Right. So we all talk about levels and the, the champion mindset versus just the the great competitor, mm-hmm. and being able to shut it on and off, and you know you have to stay relaxed at the same time, but you know you just can't leave any stones unturned, right? Do you do you think the the
0: competitors in today's day don't have that same? No, kind I think of some
1: of them do. I some. think like I when when you think that you think of like Nick Walker or Ian yeah. Vallier or um. You know, I I mean listen, those are top two guys that, that fall. I'm sure Hadi Chupin trains super I mean, yeah. I don't know, but
0: No, I mean where they just block everything out and just go to that dark spot. Do you think a lot of the guys did it more back then or is it probably equal?
1: No, I mean because there's, there's a lot it's hard to say there's a
0: lot more going on in people's lives now because of social media yeah. and obligations I, with all these contracts And I
1: know I just don't know yes the, the phone anyone that's bringing a phone in the gym they're already losing that concentration if you watch back to the old battle for the Olympias mm-hmm. guys weren't sitting in there on their cell phones you know what I mean mm-hmm. as much some guys were I'm not going to say all of them but like we trained and there was no distractions and like I even said I used to tell Mitsuru don't talk to me don't ask me questions don't get my way mm-hmm. Just let me do what I do and, and get the raw footage. And, you know, everyone wanted to be Doreen Yates. Everyone wanted to be like, oh, I'm so hardcore and like, no one can be hardcore, more hardcore than me. And I sit here and brag and say, no one was more focused than me. And no one had the tunnel vision like me. And I set my life up. So I had every tool to be successful. Mm-hmm. So I had the tanning bed at home. I had all my cardio at home, every kind of cardio, you know, I, I, had gyms that I went to close to the house. Um, I had the grocery store right nearby. I, you know, I set it all up. So I was able to do this to the fullest. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like, you know, I, I remember I bought the power plate and I was stretching in the power plate at the stretch coach. I did Pilates. I did kettlebells. I did the tissue work. Like I didn't miss anything. And that's yeah. what made me great. And that was part of the honing in on the ultimate prize. Mm-hmm. And, do I see it now? No, but I don't pay as close attention as maybe you do or you you know you work with athletes. So you you tell me if certain people are you know if you say Jay that reminds me, who reminds you of myself? It's it's God, it's 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 such a tough it's such a tough
0: thing to say because when you say you didn't have a phone in the gym and everyone does nowadays. Not just some people. The phone can yeah, be a distraction. And you, ha- and you have to, bro. I, but you I, have to have it. Yeah, like you said.
1: Back then, you could well, get I, away I, with. I, it. I, I'm not. I'm not a lie. Uh, I'm, you were lying. You don't have to have it, but you should have someone there documenting. Yes. To be successful on your social media, we talk yeah. about how success of Regan or yeah. Chris Bumstead, right? They have film on them all the time. Yeah. Uh, how important. would you? How so? I would How would suck. you have done it? Now, I, if you if you were turn pro now, would you be on your phone? No, I would have someone do it. Mm-hmm. I would try to find someone that I could pay the least amount of money to do it because I'd be broke. <laughs> Sounds like the same as it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be broke, you know? Yeah. I mean, so you can only budget so much. But, you know, I had a lot of great people around me doing yeah. stuff. I mean, listen, Dave Borlay was my hype guy when yeah. – I mean, you, you came to these things, what you could have held up. I mean, even today, like if I shoot most of the content you see is you just working out and just, yeah. Hey, take this video quick, you know? Yeah. yeah I don't, I don't, I don't know, I but think, it's required by so much. Like when you do these deals now, yeah, how important is social media in the deal? It's posting. It's very like, it, there's a number, certain number of posts, whether it's hard post, story yep. post, Facebook, YouTube, a uh, link, link in the bio yep. stuff it's it's it
0: can be a bit much, but I always say this and 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 I know uh it might be a drastic analogy but there's a lot of people that have a hard time getting the social media stuff done and it's like
1: Cause it's fucking invasive
0: dude. it it is but would you rather go work a nine to five no I mean, and then yet. go work out at night because there's a whole lot of guys that had to do that for years and, and a lot jobs. of people
1: are are, are um. Introverts like I yeah. was, man. I'm a, to- like, so- I'm a total introvert. I mean, you don't, don't you that. don't. I mean, you put funny stuff, but yet yeah, you tell the story on your Instagram. You only put like jokes and whatever. Yeah. You don't really talk to your community, no. right? No. And you have how many followers on Instagram? I don't know, 20 some, But you, you—that's not you to go. Hey, no. I'm going to eat today. I mean, you posted no. last night maybe some food or something. Yeah. Did you post food last I night? I don't know if I did, or did okay, it. Okay, well, you sent it to me, so yeah. that's the kind of stuff I would see, like. When we go for sushi last Friday. Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't, uh, I'm I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert that can play an extrovert, but I would rather, I, I'm a homebody. I don't, I don't like going out to those things. That doesn't mean I can't, Some. I don't get like anxiety or freak out about it. I just don't like doing it. I just, I'm you, an introvert.
1: And you wanted to be a pro bodybuilder. Right? When I was young, I did. Yeah. And then so, I, I mean, realized
0: my fucking structure sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like everybody else that said, I'm going to try to, push through i was well like, i know but I'm like, not what, my if, time. what
1: if you would have been successful at it like think about it you would have opened up your your life to you and know, i and i showcase. would have been the guy that got
0: fired yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, i'll find another way
0: i'm just not i'm just not good at it that's why i don't do it i i, I shouldn't say could i be good at it if yeah, i wanted it, to ever, yeah ever, anyone can be good at anything if they're trained i just don't want it. to dedicate you No. Know? yeah no i'm i keep my my life's very i just keep my life off social media i post funny shit and I used to post a lot more. Now you just get just to the point where you're just like, eh.
1: But Do you get I'm, discouraged if your views are down is the question? No, I you can know? care less. No. No. I don't care about
0: that stuff at all. Yeah. But but I'm not like that's not something that I need to be concerned with. You know, people don't come to me because of what I can do on social media. They come to me because of my skill set and how what I can do to help develop for brands and for athletes and, and the access they come to me for that so my social media doesn't eat now i can show somebody how to do it i can help them but and i'm sure i could help myself but there's there's no need for me to because people don't need to know me i don't and i know a lot of people a lot of coaches or other people that do what i do they feel this need to people need to know me and people need to know what's going on it's like no it's an ego thing is like it funny me.
1: though uh I actually was great at social media early on before social media existed cuz I put out videos every year. Yeah. That was that was just effort forward of doing that. I mean, granted yep. I made money doing it, right? It was a revenue stream, but I let people in my life and I was actually yeah. good at letting people in to show what really went on behind the scenes. There was no fake shit there. No. And that's I think sometimes with the social aspect is, you know, it's all, a lot of it set up. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to have the right um the right people capture the moments, right? Yep. Because everyone has emotions. Everyone has the highs and the lows. And like I mentioned, to go back to the training and whether I trained at Lake Mead Gold's Gym or Flamingo Sandhill Hill Gold's Gym or I went to Gold's Gym Venice or I was on the road training at Bev Francis Powerhouse. Like I had to zone in, man. Mm. I had to zone in and like to get under the weights that we push yep. with the fear that, hey, any one of these reps could be a career ending injury. Real life, like, yeah. And that's why I did all the extra stuff around the training that you know, between the hydration with the fluid and the food and the tissue work and, you know, the stretching and all that. It was so, so crucial to create that one package to be able to stand on the stage and be the ultimate, right? And every year you were criticized, even when you won, because you can always be better or, you know, improve a certain area. The most important thing is to just be slightly better than the competition. And for me to, you know, reach that level where I was regarded as the number one athlete, you know, in bodybuilding in the world, man, you can't top that. And that's why today I still, like, I can't get out of that realm. Sometimes Why don't you you make a comeback? Yeah, right. (laughs) But I can't get out of that. Like, this is that. I'm still in that, like, and that's why, like, lately, you know, we've been here, like, working on stuff. Yeah. I feel because I'm in that zone. Yeah.
0: I've noticed that in the last, like, obviously people don't know this because they're not around yeah. us, but we've all spent a lot more time here in the like, office. And like, like every day.
1: Yeah, and it's a lot of verbal communication yeah. on possible uh, things, ventures. Yeah.
0: I, I, I've always said that, I, you and I have been talking about this for years, I do think when there's an office yeah. setting, there's more chances of ideas uh, to come I, about.
1: Not necessarily, not like office setting but more like a collaborative yeah, yeah. group. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, does it doesn't, that doesn't so mean cubicles. Yes.
0: Just even if you're sitting around a table meetings and something face can happen to face and 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 somebody could say something and it triggers something in your head and hey what about this what about this mm-hmm. but if you're just sitting at home which I've worked from home for my whole career. I've never had a an office like that or a place to go. I just always worked at home because I was I'm just good at working at my own pace and doing it the way I do it. But I've noticed that since we've Spent more time here. It seems like a lot more more ideas getting done. Yeah, and the 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 things we've brainstormed about, they're actually. I'm not going to say things are going to happen, but the steps to make things happen that we've talked about for years, the the steps are being taken to make it happen. I mean, it might stop at any given point and might say no, but instead of just talking about it, we're actually doing Mm
1: -hmm. stuff. You know.
0: So shout out to you for having a place for us to come.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's just I mean, kind of dumpy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a shithole we're in. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that, you know, we we talk about you know our our certain guests, and obviously, this podcast. That when I started it was kind of like, hey, we get inside Jay, and mm-hmm. you know, when I was when I was talking to you about that, I'm like, man, I just you know my my mindset is in a different place right now, and it's just that time of year. Yeah, and I'm sure people around me, like the people that are social and whatever, dreaded these these months because it was just like i'm focused and that's it and what was nice is i never had to leave the house but if you remember i used to train in the middle of the night sometimes i would switch it around and i did that as like a to screw with the minds of the other competitors almost because i wanted them to see like in those videos especially because it instagram didn't exist then. damn this guy's training the night yeah you know how what kind of schedule is he on and and uh you know, I remember just like it's hot in this time of year in Vegas too. So it was a good time for me to actually focus on staying in and training. Although the gyms were super hot, and I would do those walking lunges outside Decatur Gym and 110 degrees, and I'd be dying out there. But it made me feel like I was working harder because I knew Ronnie was in that that shithole just training away yeah. and training harder than everybody else. And
0: if you if you were starting prep tomorrow, how hard would it be for you to do the same thing you did then, now? Like, how hard would it be? Because, you know, you go to the gyms, there's no Decatur... I'll I'll,
1: I'll be honest. Our gym atmosphere, not atmosphere, but our gym accessibility here is better than it ever has been. Of course. There's gyms everywhere. I mean, we miss Flamingo Sandhill. Yeah, it was very far, so I can't lie and say that I trained there all the time. I mean, I did, you know, rip the shreds, two thousand four Arnold prep there, um, you know, two thousand four Olympia prep mainly there. Um, but I went in cycles, and you notice this even now. You know, I have this thing where I've been training up at Kilo Club to stay away from a lot of stuff. Where yeah. for a while we were training early mornings at yeah. Fit Club, and it seems like we're here most of the days now, yeah. right in the office. But uh, I feel I could, you know, I the atmosphere is almost better for me because I can choose a different, I used to laugh and say, I could train a different gym, all body parts, seven days a week. Now I can like really literally could. literally go two weeks and train at a different and not go to the same gym for. You could go longer than that if yeah, you really, probably. with all the LVACs yeah, and ELSs. Yeah, of course, and, yeah. There's a bunch of other gyms and, that we don't even and go to. And the equipment's improved still yeah. from nine years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's improved. And, uh, you know, the training theories have improved and, you know, that hardhead mentality of, like, you have to pound yourself in order to get in the best shape or build the most muscle aren't necessarily the answers anymore. anymore. So uh,
0: so what I w- what I was thinking about when I asked that is, if you had the fame you have now... Back when you would go to the gyms before, people would probably ask you for pictures. Yeah, but they would wait. But not everybody had a cell phone that had a camera in it back then. Right, you're right. So somebody had to have a legit camera with Mm -hmm. them, so they really had to be a super fan. So imagine if you had to get ready now, with the fame you have now.
1: I would hide, for sure.
0: You'd have to go train at 1 or 2 in the morning. Yeah. When I first first left Hong Kong and came back to Vegas in 2013, I always trained at like midnight or 1 in the morning. Because back then it was just, there was EOS and there were some LVACs. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a bunch of the smaller, you know, more private type yeah. gyms. But if you went to EOS or LVAC at any given time back then, there was 500 people in there. Mm-hmm. You'd be sitting there and and you'd have to wait three or four people ahead of you to get onto a machine. But if I'd go at like midnight or one or two in the Wide morning, open. you could go in there and train. So I would I would purposely stay up till six or seven in the morning, go to sleep and go about, wake up at, you know, Whatever time, and then eat three, four, five meals, and I'd go to the gym at midnight or one in the morning. And it was you were able to get a. It's better to move
1: in the summer here at night because obviously yeah. it's a lot cooler. The sun's like, not beat down. The Vegas nights, yeah. I talk about that all the time, but you know, it's uh, it was just a different era, and I mean, to this day, I, you know, I wanted to share that a little bit because yeah. I want people to understand like that bodybuilder mindset has not left me yet. Uh, I don't think it ever will. I mean, I'm more passionate about training now than I ever have been because I actually enjoy it because I'm not beating myself to death. Granted, I'm not doing all the extra stuff like the A lot of the tissue work, but I barely get any at this point. Um, I don't do Pilates or kettlebells. I mean, there's not much other activity I do other than kind of lift weights. I do do my cardio twice a day, but uh, I really enjoy the the process, but the vision is still there and it, it just is carried over and, you know, I hope some of the guys that are prepping listen to this while they're doing the cardio or whatever else yeah. and just understand that the the tunnel vision mindset is the key to your success and the consistency is the key to your success. And I posted something on Instagram story this morning about how my life like I try to keep it as great as success as I've had, right? And you kind of laugh at this whether I, you know, was grand like wildly more successful or I stayed what I am, my life wouldn't change that much because I just, I have habits and I keep those habits like in the still simple atmosphere. Hence why I'm still thinking waking up the last three mornings that holy shit, I got to start prep for the Olympia. Like I literally woke up at, I've been waking up at five in the morning and I'm like, Oh, I have to catch myself like this isn't happening right (laughs) now. I'm not doing this. I
0: just picture you just waking up yeah, like, panicking, like,
1: oh shit <laughs> Yeah. Am I is my weight good or whatever else and uh you know, hey I miss it. I'm not gonna lie, I miss it. Uh would I ever get back to doing it? No, but I would
0: Go i would do like, start this i on starting this
1: I would do this mini prep and like try to get in better I mean listen, I have a goal for next year, you know, I turn fifty next year, so it's like I wanna like Michael Hearn does every year, right? He tries to challenge himself. I think I want to get my best shape ever for fifty. I know Lee Priest just did it. He just turned fifty like yeah. a couple of days ago. So could you get
0: more shredded than you did when you're on stage?
1: I don't know. I don't. I don't know if the skin would lay as even because yeah. I mean that's the problem that I see. Like especially like on my back here, uh-huh. um, in like this area. Like I just you know listen to biceps. I think it's just like I, my skin doesn't lay as clean as well would because you got
0: to think at one point your, your muscles course, were a certain yeah. size the skin was stretching i mean not, not it, to
1: say i got like you know stuff hanging down but it's like i i don't see the tightness of yeah the 23 or 25 well, i olds. mean you got
0: to think about it you're 70 pounds smaller than you were and the skin was tight then yes and as just that's just natural progression of and it was
1: so big for so long but you know even though i still hold a decent amount of size a more athletic size but man, so it,
0: what i would you know what i'm wondering is if you were to prep now For a show, how would it be with the fans coming up to you? How would you handle that? If you so
1: nice, I feel I'm so nice. So, so what
0: I'm saying is, you'd be like, "Yeah, get a shot, get a shot, shot, get a shot." shot, I'm so so
1: appreciative, but I would, you know, what I what I did a lot of times when I would I would travel with a posse, meaning like people would go to the gym with me when I trained at the on hours. And they would kind of tell people like, "Hey, just wait till he's finished with his set," because it was apparent before. Yeah. Even if people just want to say, "I respect you," right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would kind of have people monitor uh, a little bit. I mean, Gold's Gym Venice, you know how crazy yeah. it was even yeah. back then. Like you, I it took me twenty minutes to walk through the front door. Yeah. Because every out of state person was there, and then every pe- people that don't yeah. necessarily see me every day, until I started living there and started to actually. Uh, be in the presence of that place, you know. On a regular, yeah. It it started to be like, oh, we saw him yesterday. You know what I mean. So it wasn't so shocking to people. Yeah. Well, you need to do another prep. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe maybe uh the viewers are there. What do you guys think? Comment below. You think I should? uh Maybe I'll do it too. Do some sort you get, of prep. You're no, we, coach you, me? you you did one for a while. You did, yeah, early on. Yeah, I will. I will fell, one you day. You fell off a little bit, so. Just get busy with traveling. I know. It's I just know. tough. When you yeah, travel. so we, you know, we have um I believe there's like a Portugal show coming up, so maybe we'll have to cover that. Um There's a, there's a bunch yeah, of I, a I don't bunch. have them in front of me. I know there's Tampa Pro is coming and all that. Chicago. So,
0: yeah. Yep, there's an Italy show in September yeah. two Italy shows in in uh coming up. There's Nice France, So, UK, so we'll, we'll cover some of this Vancouver. stuff
1: and you know, we wanna thank you guys for the engagement on the channel. Um make yeah. sure you guys comment or you know, make sure you tell uh, tell kind of what your story. Maybe there's some reminiscent times of when we uh, we connected during my past. No, you, I, come I'm come on, just kidding. No, yeah, just kidding. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna say if Jay was yeah. an asshole, post down
1: what he said. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, you know, sometimes I wasn't as energetic or whatever. But as they know, it's like when you get focused on doing that, doing the deed, man. It's just right. like fuck, you just zoned in. So I want to thank you guys. Um, you know, episode 35, guys, shout out to uh, to everyone and uh, keep pushing towards your goals and, you know, sometimes separate yourself, you know, maybe take this and say, you know, I got to be a little selfish. I have to be a little selfish and I have to focus and, you know, I, I'd like to get more into my mindset as we as we get into it because I'm sure there's questions arise on, you know, how I handle certain situations and, you know, we just want to thank you guys for following along. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, share, and uh, please comment, uh, you know, below for uh, algorithm, you know. And until next time, we are out.